a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, going uh, going live right now, and uh, good to see everybody here. I am going to work on getting on the schedule game. It was just a couple of different things that had to be done before I got on live stream today, so I apologize for the delay. But uh, the one good thing is that we are not we don't have any more constraints now on some of the things that we're doing. So. That's a good thing. So I've got a couple of pretty cool announcements and uh, also then want to get into the questions that we're going to be uh, talking about today. So actually, let's go ahead and go with the first question. And let's see. The questions right here. Let's see the, the way to shrink this and get this. All right. <clears throat> That's the first one. And six. I think we covered all these ones. Uh, let me just make sure. Nope, that's not it. Okay. Well, we are. Um, what we're going to do is, uh, I had I had a whole bunch of different questions that had been selected to go over for today's show. Unfortunately, that file shows that it's corrupted, so I would have to re-download it and go through it again. And um, so I apologize for that. But if there's any questions actually that anybody has right now before we get going, I'll try to I'll try to entertain them. But I'll see if I can pull this file up again. And uh, that was my mistake. I should have actually checked to make sure everything was fine. But I downloaded it; it was all there. So made the assumption. Never make an assumption. That's the lesson of the day. Never make an assumption. Let's see. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, well, here we go. Nice. Okay, so let me give you guys a, let me bring up a couple of the announcements that I wanted to tell everybody about. How many people are aware that there's actually a personality type associated with certain disease processes, right? Some of you that have actually heard my lectures on, on cancer, you've heard about the breast cancer personality, that certain individuals with certain type of personality are always more predisposed to breast cancer. So the characteristic 
that is most prevalent in women with breast cancer, and this is after about 400 women that I've either seen as patients or I have come into contact with through social uh, interaction, friends, family, uh, that type of thing. So probably about a little over 150, maybe 175 patients over the last 20 years, 25 years, and the rest just in social settings. About 400, maybe 450 women altogether. But the number one characteristic of these women that all had breast cancer by far is that they are warriors. They're always worried about something. They're worried about finances. They're worried about home life. They're worried about school for their kids. They're worried about you know whatever issues, church. They're worried about their community. And if you have eliminated all their community issues, all their concerns about their church, their family, their friends, their finances, their home, everything else, then they're worried about world hunger, you know, um, nuclear war. This, they're constantly worried. They're worried, worried, worried. They're worry warts. That's the number one characteristic of women with breast cancer. Now, what we found, those of you that are familiar with the seven toxicities, and if you aren't, just log into your advanced medicine dashboard and on the left-hand side under the education tab, you'll see, uh, I think it's nine videos that are all uh, accessible to everybody that's registered at advanced medicine. If you're not registered at advancedmedicine.com, it's completely free. Just go ahead. That's where you get the access to the head map. So ask somebody on Facebook that's uh, on there right now. They'll give you the invitation code because you need an invitation code to get in. If you're on Instagram and you want to get into advanced medicine, you need an invitation code, just let me know and I'll be happy to send you an invitation code or you can talk to one of the moderators. But regardless, once you register free on advancedmedicine.com, you'll have access to a lot of resources, webinars, the head map, which is the Advanced Health Evaluation Assessment for Detoxification Medical Assessment Program, etc., etc. Well, on the left-hand side, underneath the Education tab, you will see a set of videos called Facts on Toxicity. All right, now it's important that the Facts on Toxicity videos, they go through the seven toxicities. This is the same seven toxicities that I talk about in uh, my book, The Ninth Substitute, The Doctor Way. And uh, MM is one of the biggest fans of the book, so if you have any questions on that, ask him. I think he's read it a couple of times. But anyway, uh, there, there are a lot of people that have read the book uh, multiple times, and, you know, it, it's, it's really humbling to know that people have actually bought the book well, I think it's well over 10,000 people have bought the book that have given the books out as gifts. So um, the books are already an international bestseller, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, I talk about the seven toxicities in the book. It's the same seven toxicities that I have in this video series. The fifth of those seven toxicities is the emotional psychological toxicity. And that fifth toxicity, none, none of the toxicities are more important than the other one. But if you were to put the weight on one, if you were to say, okay, I can only address one, which one would you based on your 28 years experience as a doctor, say is the most important one to address. Again, no one is more important than the other one, but if I had to, if I had somebody putting a gun to my head said, pick the one that's most relevant to, uh, or most significant as far as contributing to chronic disease, I would have to say that it's the fifth toxicity, which is the emotional psychological one. Now, this goes back to my earlier statement about breast cancer and the number one characteristic of women with breast cancer. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because over the last few years, and especially in the last year, um, there's been a lot of focus. On, for whatever reasons, things appear in my life when, when they become more important, I think, for me to talk about 
I'm not sure it's like the universe tapping in or I'm tapping the universe or whatever it is. But this thing about the emotional and psychological aspect, I've started realizing that there are certain personalities that have more predisposition to getting a chronic illness or any illness, become more susceptible to illnesses, all right? And what we've done, this is really something pretty cool. What we've done uh, very recently after I met a um, PhD in, uh, who has done a lot of his work in this arena and written a couple of books on it, Dr. Mary, and we've been working on developing a, a head map, an emotional head map, so people can go through it so we can find the emotional aspects that are related to certain disease processes or that have a greater predisposition for those disease processes. And it's not to say that, it's not to say that every one of these, it's not like every person with this personality is going to have X, Y, and Z disease. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying that in a category, as far as the categories are concerned, in a category of a certain type of personality, uh, a certain type of disease process may be more um, prevalent. And we want to identify those things, and then we want to have solutions for people. And, of course, you've probably heard about the different personality tests, which kind of tell you your own personality and then also how to interact with people of different personalities. So we're going to have a webinar coming up very soon, and we're going to have a, a, a very, very awesome, attractive offer, i.e. free, for everybody to be able to access a profile of themselves from a personality standpoint. And then for people that want to go further into this, we're going to have actually a um, probably a three or four webinar sequence um, workshop where we go through to help you, one, identify your own personality type, then on, on other people's personality types, how you interact with those people, other people's personality types, the types of conflicts that arise. And, and this will become very important in a second. You don't understand why this is so important to me personally. Um, to identify those different conflicts and then how to deal with those conflicts to resolve them and then to realize and recognize the different types of disease processes that may be more susceptible to those personality types. But the real key com component comes into the part that I said about identifying those conflicts and dealing with those conflicts, how to resolve those conflicts, because that's where the emotional psychological aspect begins. It's in the conflict section, okay? It's where conflict arises, chronic conflict arises, and there's no resolution of that chronic conflict. And that's what creates the biggest problem. Now, why am I saying it creates the biggest problem? Um, the reason I'm saying this is because conflict, conflict resolution, is probably the biggest key to solving chronic disease. That's my opinion, especially cancer. And I would I actually, it's interesting that I'm sitting here, I'm recording all this, but I didn't have the recording of myself recording this. It's just the sound coming through because I had a bunch of documents up. Anyway, um, my video guy, Nabil, is going to be very, very pleased with that. Totally, totally missed that boat. Okay, that was my fault. Um, let me just do one thing here before I go on. And... This is really interesting. Also, I have something very interesting to share with you guys that just I came across. 
Uh, I'll tell you that in a minute. All right. So the conflict coming back, the important aspect of conflict resolution is that many times the people that are on opposing standpoints or imposing positions around that area of conflict are 100% adamant that they're right. And it's that, that certainty that they're right, and both groups feeling that way, both parties feeling that way, create that conflict. And that conflict escalates the more certain the person is that they're right, and more certain they are. Usually there's a diametrically opposed aspect. When you think that you are 100% right, that the other person, by definition, because you're 100% right, the other person's an idiot, and they don't know anything. And then there's resentment and anger and frustration and all sorts of other emotions that come up. And then you're like, wow, I can't believe that this person, you know, who I thought was X, Y, and Z, my business partner, my best friend, my, my spouse, my whatever, they start to, that, that conflict escalates in their mind and in the opposing party's mind too. So there is a very specific sequence of components that two and a half, almost three years ago, I started building and about two years ago, I finalized it, and I have applied it in so many different aspects of my own personal life, and I can't tell you how effective it's been. In fact, it's the basis of the book that I'm writing right now. Now, I'm not sure when that book's going to get ready. In fact, we were talking to Hay House, and I thought they would be really interested in it, and they were actually interested in a different book that I've already written on heavy metals. So I was really excited about that because a lot of people have been resistant to that heavy metal book. But... This particular book will come out, and it's going to be, in my personal opinion, a key, key book because it's going to, you know, I don't, I don't believe in just writing a book for the sake of writing a book. because it's, it's frustrating to write a book, but I believe it's going to become a definitive tool because it's going to give you step one, step two, step three, step eight, all the steps that are necessary. There's a, there's a quick version of it that will be five steps, and then there's an extended version that's 11 steps that if you go through it, it will help you to, one, identify where the conflict actually is, and two, to give you specific components to disengage from that conflict, to resolve the conflict. And the beautiful thing is at the end of that resolution, there's no judgment, there's no animosity, it's a complete awareness. And the awareness is one of two things, that there was no reason for this conflict to have arisen in the first place, or that you need to now Remove yourself and disengage because that conflict is not serving you. And it's, it's not a agreeing to disagree. It's just a becoming, reaching a, an awareness that there's a conflict here and it needs to be put aside so that you can continue to grow. It's all about growth, okay? And either you grow together between you and that other party that you're opposing or you grow apart. And growing apart, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no judgment in here, but it's just realizing that this conflict, if it doesn't, kill you, it only serves to make you stronger. So if it don't, doesn't kill the relationship, whatever that relationship is, it's going to make that relationship stronger. Or you're going to realize that that conflict is so great that there's no resolution and, and, and the, resu the, the recognition that there's no resolution because of the other party's resistance to come to a, to a commonality, because it's all based upon commonality. And it's kind of, do I mean talking about it? It's only giving you half of it because each step, is it involves both parties, and each party has to agree on each step before you can get to the next step. And at the conclusion, both parties come to the same conclusion, and there's no judgment, there's no anger, there's no frustration. It's actually an understanding. It's an understanding that our time together is now done, or our time together is just beginning, and you either come close or you 
choose to go apart, but there's no more conflict. That's the beautiful part about it. It's now just a recognition that it's a growth opportunity. And, and, and if you can't grow together, then they're growing apart. And it's not that you're growing apart like this, but you're growing, you're still growing. It's just you're going to be growing individually apart from each other. But I'm not saying you're growing apart as like two people growing apart, even though that is what ends up happening because you are no longer together. So anyway, it's, it's a formula. I probably haven't done it any justice by the way I just explained it, but it truly, truly allows the resolution of that conflict to, to become manifest or to allow it to manifest. So part and parcel of that is recognizing who you are, right? And that premise of who you are and where you are is critical before we begin the conflict resolution phase. Now, in the military, I don't know how many people are on here that are prior military. I don't know if um, I don't know if any of you are prior military, but if any of you are, uh, actually, I'm going to ask a question. So, on Instagram, you guys can you guys can make a comment here if you want, or give me the answer. But what is the number one most important thing before you go on a mission in the military? You're in a chopper, or let's no, let's, let's give you a real scenario, okay? You're 30,000 feet above the surface of the planet, you're going to do a halo, a high altitude, low opening jump, okay, into a potentially hostile area. And it's called a halo jump, high altitude, low opening, so you jump and you, you know, you keep on dropping, 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 and then at, at low at low altitudes when you open the parachute, you don't want to open it up higher because then people, you know, potentially can see you. It's usually done at night, blah, 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 okay. When you land on the ground, when you make contact on the ground, this is, an, uh, this is, again, a military operational mindset, all right? What is the number one most important thing for you to know when you touch ground? The number one most important thing for you to know when you touch ground in a military operation. And by the way, this is applicable to any aspect of life. The number one most important thing that you need to know before you move forward with achieving a goal, with, uh, with a relationship, with the dealing with the disease process, whatever the case is, it's the number one thing. And it became really, really clear to me how m the vast majority of people totally forget about this part, not even thinking it's important. And yet in the military, it was indoctrinated into us. It was actually almost beaten into us that we had to understand this part. Before you even think about what the, where the objective rally point is or what the mission is or, or what the goal is, you must know this one thing before you can be successful in any aspect of life. So I want to see how many people get this, all right? And I'm going to put a challenge out here. We're going to keep this open for about, you know, three minutes. So on Instagram and on uh, Facebook, let's, let's keep this thing going and see how many people are able to give me an answer. Anything. I mean, just if you have no idea, take a guess, all right? So I'm just going to read over some of the comments. A lot of people saying, hi, hello, guys. Richard says, you have nailed a key problem. We've got people from all over the world here. Okay, from Pakistan. That's awesome. All right. So nobody is venturing out a guess and giving me what the number one most important thing is. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. Nobody's giving me an answer. Okay. Uh, Ty says, T-A-I, uh, Ty, Ty, Tyga style 
says, uh, this sounds amazing. My upbringing made it very difficult as an adult to learn conflict resolution skills. You know, uh, Taiga, I'm assuming that's what your name is. I'm sorry if that's not what your name is, but that's what your screen handle is. But, you know, I don't think anybody is taught the skills that are necessary to resolve conflict. I don't think we're ever taught this. You know, our upbringings, in, depending on which culture we were raised in, usually, usually promote silence, being quiet, not contributing to the conflict by allowing the whoever the authoritarian body is, whether it's the church, the school, the parent, whatever it is, uh, to basically reign over you, and uh, you're supposed to accept it. Now, I'm not saying to lash out or to be a renegade or to be a revolutionary. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about to resolve conflict, where the, the sincere desire is to resolve this conflict. So when you said that your upbringing made it very difficult as an adult to learn conflict resolution skills, I believe everybody's upbringing has lacked that type of education. We're not taught this in school. We're not taught this in college. We're not taught this anywhere. Um, because it's not something that is um, accepted, okay? Because if a person tries to resolve a conflict, well, obviously, in the person in the person's mind who is the authoritative body, you're a heretic, you're a revolutionary, you're a troublemaker, you're you know you're the person that's that's stepping out, and so you're creating conflict. And so we've been taught that you know don't create conflict, be quiet. But if you're talking now that, that same thought process, now when you get older and now you're in a work situation with a co-employee or with a, you know, a, a work associate or you're dealing with your spouse or you're dealing with a business partner or, or you're dealing with um, you know, your children, by having that same mentality, you're actually doing not only them but yourself a disservice because the idea of conflict resolution is keep your mouth shut and don't create a problem, okay? Don't raise awareness. And I'll give you a perfect example of how this is uh, promoted without it being promoted and saying, oh, we don't want to talk about conflict resolution. We are not encouraged to speak boldly, okay? Bold communication is key. Bold communication, speaking from your heart, not having any filters, and letting it out. Because now it's, it's a, like an outlet. It's allowing an individual to release and... Um, be able to uh, be able to express themselves because a lot of times that's all we need to do is to be able to express ourselves, to be able to vent, to be able to voice our discontent, our unhappiness, our issue, whatever it may be. And just that process of it helps to alleviate it. How many times have you experienced, like you know, with some with like a good friend, and, and they ask you something, you start going, on, you know, that person, blah blah blah, and you just rant and rave for the next five ten minutes, and your friend just sitting there listening. And then you realize, I'm just ranting and raving. And then you thank them. You say, thanks for listening, right? Have you, I'm sure each of you have probably had that experience where you end up just ranting and raving. The other person just listens, whoever it may have been. And then you end up realizing what you're doing. And then you thank them for listening because you feel so much better. It's that expression, that ability to just express yourself. Well, that is not encouraged. I call that bold communication, being able to speak your mind without any... Um, lashback without any fear of retribution or, or repercussions because you are able to be able to voice yourself with bold communication in an environment that's safe, that nobody's going to hold it against you, and that's what bold communication is about. Well, all this, what we're talking about, is actually part and parcel 
of that conflict resolution process. And there's, like I told you, there's a five-step version, which is a short, quick version, and then there's a longer 11-step version. And there's certain commonalities. For example, here's, a, here's one of the steps. And I'm not going to tell you guys all this stuff right now because then why would you buy the book, right? Well, actually, the book actually goes into a lot more detail and goes into some of the reasons and examples and, and, and how we need to do it. But one of the, one of the key components is in order to be able to do this effectively, to, to resolve this conflict effectively, both parties have to come to a common ground in the beginning of establishing what the truth is, okay? What establishing what the truth is. Now, obviously, if there's some conflict, you'd say, it doesn't make any sense because if I think the house is red and my business partner thinks the house is blue, or let's say spouse is, you know, divorce rates are like almost 60%, right? And I happen to be an expert in divorce because, you know, I'll raise my hand because I've been divorced twice now. Can't seem to get it right. And, you know, I'm, I'm the person that so many female patients have said to me over the last 28 years, Dr. Guitar, your wife must be so lucky because you just understand women so well. Yeah, well, tell that to my two ex-wives, right? Um, the point is not whether we understand the other sex. It's how we deal with each other, right? One of the biggest problems that I've experienced is that people say, I want the truth. Well, you give them the truth and they can't handle the truth. It's just like the movie, right, with uh, Jack Nicholson. When Jack Nicholson, when, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Tom Cruise um, is on the stand and Jack Nicholson says, or Jack Nicholson is a Cruise and Tom Cruise is the attorney and he says, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Well, this is a big problem. A lot of people want the truth, but they can't handle the truth. So when you tell them the truth, they can't handle it. Well, then don't ask for the truth. But this is, again, this is where the conflict arises, right? And, and we all have these internal conflicts and these internal demons inside us. So one of the first steps is to come to a commonality, to establish what the truth is. Well, how can you establish the truth if two, different, two people are in conflict with each other because they're arguing? That's obviously the issue. They're in conflict. That's why it's called a conflict because they can't come to an understanding of what the truth is. Well, you back away. So if the subject is, let's use an example of, um, let's use something really absurd. Oh, here's an absurd example. I shut the door. No, you didn't shut the door. The door was open. No, I shut the door. No, the door was open. Okay, so you're arguing about this, and it escalates into a big, ugly thing. Okay, what, what the heck's important to that argument? But as most of us know, most arguments are absolutely stupid. You know, you go back two weeks later, two days later, sometimes only two hours later, you can't even remember what you were arguing about. That's how, that's how this conflict resolution is so important. But it could be applied to anything big. It could be, you know... A, a really big thing that could be leading to divorce. Okay, so how do you stop? What, what do you do? You back away from the issue about the door being closed or open. You establish common grounds of understanding and agreement on establishing what the truth is. Okay, they can only be one truth. There may be many, many different perspectives that different people have, many definitions of what the door open or closed, but there's only one truth. All right, so how do we establish that? We come to commonalities. Well, do we agree that it was that all happened on Monday, November the 3rd? Both parties agree on it. Good, that's a common ground. You both agree it was November 3rd morning, okay? Next thing, uh, do we both agree that it was the garage door we're talking about? Well, one says, no, I'm not talking about the garage door. I'm talking about the living room door. No, I'm talking about the garage door. Well, right there, you just figure out that's the reason for the argument because one's talking about the garage door and the other one's talking about the living room. So, of course, it's two different doors. That's why one was open, one was closed. Okay. But let's say that 
both talk about the garage door. That's a second truth. And so we go through the step and we form common ground. And then the, each of the sequence, I mean, it's beautifully done, guys. I'm sitting here patting myself on the back. It's really beautifully done. But again, I want to get the book completely sequenced out, finished. And in fact, even like last night, late last night, I added to it. I just was actually getting ready to go to bed and a thought came to my head and I started writing it. And then it was like the thought was so, you know, just went boom, boom, boom. And I wanted to make sure I got it before, you know, how these thoughts come to you and then you lose them and you're oh crap what was that so anyway i wrote it all out the dictated it i had to grab my phone and dictate it because it was coming through too fast i didn't want to lose any of it and then i went back and refined it so it's it's in the process in, in a constant process of evolution and i've actually got some uh some help writing this book and i'll talk about that later but it's it's amazing of what's happening and, and how this book is coming together and i wanted to kind of touch base on this aspect because the webinar we're going to end up doing, which is to help your help you identify your personality and the type of your personality and other people's personality, is part and parcel of this conflict resolution. It's another it's a new component that I just realized we need to make. So now I'm going to go back and I want to see if anybody uh, answered that question that I had. Uh, I am alive. I made it. Okay. Let's see. Let's, uh, Missed the question. So some people said that they missed the question. So let me restate the question. The question is, what is the number one most important thing that is necessary in order for you to accomplish whatever goal you set for yourself? And this is something that is applicable in any aspect of life, but I gave the example in a military operation. When you jump out of a plane 30,000 feet above sea level, you're doing a, a high-altitude, low-opening uh, maneuver, um, you're coming into uh, an area, a hostile area, and now you, you, know, you open your parachute when you're, you know, whatever, 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet, or whatever it is, and you land on the ground, and you pull your parachute in, and you know you're in hostile territory, and you know you have a mission, you know there's an objective rally point, you know that there's something that you have to do to hit that objective, um, you, you know that, you know, all the different mission statements and everything else, you've got everything down, you know. What is the number one most important thing for you to do as soon as you touch the ground? It's something that you must do because if you don't do it, the chances of you accomplishing your task, your mission, are almost nil. In fact, this is applicable to every aspect of your life. So that's what the question is. So I'm going to look at some people said that they missed the question, so I just uh, restated it. Okay, so one person said confidence. That's a good answer. It's not the answer uh, that I'm looking for. It's not the right answer, but it, you have to have confidence to accomplish your mission. That's true. Uh, ego gets in the way. Yes, ego. Well, um, I don't. I think you're probably referring to something else that I said earlier. All right, let's go through here and see what people said on Facebook. Um, let's see. Focus on the mission you were informed about. MM said. Okay, that's. That's an important thing, but this is a very specific thing, MM, I'm talking about a specific thing that you must do before uh, taking the next step. Because if you don't, you're, you're already behind the eight ball. In fact, if you don't do this one thing, you will probably fail in anything in life. Tracy said the goal, okay? What is the number one thing that you need to know um, before accomplishing anything is the goal. Uh, yes, you do need to know the goal because if you don't know the goal, then it's going to be hard for you to accomplish it. You're right. But again, think of that jumping out of the plane, you land on the ground, and apply that to any aspect of life. The number, so you've got a goal. You've been told this is your goal. You must accomplish it. You've been given a timetable. 
You're given a schedule. You're told what you're supposed to do. You're given the equipment, blah, blah, blah. You now start doing it. What is the number one thing that you must know in order to accomplish that goal? And to make it really laser focused, that's why I gave the example of the parachute, uh, you know, uh, your paratrooper, you jump out. And, and you know, this was, this was live things that actually happened to me. This was part and parcel of, you know, missions that I was involved in when I was in the military, when I was SF. Boom. You have to know this thing. And it was such a basic component. It was just a step. You know, there's a sequence of steps that you have to do. And I realized that, that we went through the sequence of steps, but we never taught this in our regular life. We taught this in a military operation. The first thing that you do when you land on the ground. In fact, if you see a military operational movie, you know, any type of uh, movie, with military movie, you will see if they're jumping out of a plane or they do something, you know, they come in by chopper, they come in wherever. It's the first thing that they do. You see them, you know, they do something. What is it that they do? Um... Surroundings mission. Gina said surroundings mission. Close, Gina. You talk about surroundings, okay? Assess and continue. Very close, Amy. Assess and continue. Again, surroundings assess, yes. Move forward, no. Louise, you don't want to move forward yet. Positive thoughts, well, that's a good thing, yes. These are all great answers, guys, but there's one very specific thing. North, south, east, west, bearings where you are located. Richard, boom, you nailed it to the wall. That's exactly it. You need to know where you are. You must know where you are. If your mission statement says that your objective rally point is uh, 23 degrees north by 15 degrees west, okay, and when you hit your, when you land, then that's the target that you have to hit. Well, here's the problem. If you got caught in a drift, okay, or in a wind drift, or your parachute didn't, or you didn't open your parachute at the right time, or, or the wind caught you, whatever, and you hit northwest of your target, and now you start going northwest from the time you hit the ground. Are you ever going to hit the target? Yeah, after you go around the entire globe and come back to it 25 years later if you're hiking, right, if you're walking. Meaning that you must know where you are. You must know where you are currently. When you hit that ground, you must know where you are. You must know where you are today at this point in time before you can start heading in any direction. Because people don't think that's important. But guys, it's the most important thing, okay? You think, oh, I'm healthy. Today I'm healthy. I have no problem. I'm in great health. And this is one of the subjects of one of our, uh, one of the videos we're doing right now. It's the absence of disease versus health. Okay, that's literally what the video is called. Health versus the absence of disease or absence of disease versus health. How many people think, well, I don't have any disease, so I'm healthy. Wrong answer, guys. Absence of disease is not health, okay? Here's the middle ground. Okay, let's say this is health. You are healthy. This is where health would be defined. And because you're healthy, you say, I'm healthy. But if, if you have a disease, th this is where you are. You said, this is my disease. So because I'm I have a disease, because, I have a, because I'm not healthy, I have a disease. Okay, that, I'm looking at the screen, so it's opposite of what I'm saying. So, so let's just say in the middle, middle ground, on one side you have health, on the other side you have disease. And people think, okay, this is health and this is disease, and absence of disease is health. No, absence of disease is exactly that, absence of disease. Health is the opposite extreme. So if this is where disease is, this is where health is, absence of disease is in the middle. So you have disease, absence of disease, health. The absence of disease is not health. It's exactly that. It's just the absence of disease, all right? You got to get this out of your head. So many people come to me when they've got cancer and say, you know, doc, I never understood. I was never a sick a day in my life. And all of a sudden I'm sick. Well, guys, 
not being sick a day in your life should tell you something. Your immune system's not functioning. Okay, so they think they were this epitome of health and then all of a sudden, boom, they had a disease. That's not how the body works. There's an accumulation of toxicity and malnutrition, lack of nutrition. And as this thing continues, 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 as you have more and more toxicity on there and you have you become more devoid of your resources, i.e. nutrient levels are depleting, that's the slow progression towards disease. So don't make the mistake of thinking that the absence of disease is health because it is not. Absence of disease is exactly that. It is just the absence of disease. Health is one extreme. Disease is the opposite, opposite extreme. So when we start talking about doing certain things, okay, this is a process of growth. This is a process of evolution where growth stops, decay sets in. It's not a static entity. It's not like, oh, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. Oh, I'm no longer growing. I'm just going to stay here from now on. No, that's not how it works. Growth, growth, growth. Oh, growth stops. The case that's in, okay? It doesn't stay plateau. For anybody that wants to know, you know, if this is really true, work out and stop working out and see what happens. You start decaying pretty fast, okay? I hadn't run sprints. My 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 one of my biggest things that I promote is running sprints. I haven't been running sprints for some time because of, and I've got every excuse in the book, so I'm not going to give you every excuse in the book. But again, like I, I mean, I'm human, like everybody else. Some people don't think I'm human, but I am, and I go I go through the same trials and tribulations as you do. So I haven't been running sprints for some time. Now, I had um, a whole bunch of things that ended up happening. And for anybody that's really interested in that personal part of the story, I'll talk about it in the IADFW if you're, if you're a member of it and what personally happened. But the point is I wasn't running my sprints. Okay, well, I started running my sprints recently, uh, very recently. And let me tell you something. You realize, I mean, my mind is the same and my heart's the same. My drive is the same. But you know what? Even though I was able to do the same stuff, I wasn't able to do as many. And my post sprint, my legs on the third sprint were like literally spaghetti. I couldn't even, I had to find a place to sit down. Now I did it, you know, and it felt great. And I had certain you know, repercussions because I hadn't done it in a while. But the weakness in my legs was unfreaking believable. I couldn't even support my weight after that third sprint. Now, feel great afterwards. And I'm in fact going to be sprinting tomorrow. I was going to go today and I thought, you know, my left knee, I had no problem with it. I had no problem sprinting, but it, it feels weak. Like it's going to give out. And I think it's because it, because of my lack of sprinting had, had weakened it. So I just need to give it a little bit more rest before I go ahead and hit, hit the next one, uh, next round of sprints. But the point is I could see the difference because of the lack of sprinting, because that growth that I had had and had continuously gone up. Once it stops, once you stop that sprinting, it doesn't stay in that plateau out. That's a miss, uh, piece of misinformation. That's a myth. It doesn't. Because when growth stops, the case sets in. That's true with everything. That's true with not just sprinting or working out, but it's with your mind. You're developing your mind. If you're not developing your mind, if you're not growing, you're deteriorating. If you're not developing your spirit, if you're not developing your health, if you're not developing um, habits of wellness, if you're not doing these things, if you're not progressing forward, by definition, you are regressing backwards. So remember that. That's why it's so important to constantly keep on moving forward, one foot at a time, never giving up, never stopping. You can take a break. You can abstain from it. Sometimes I'll take a break from something on purpose and let that decay process start so I can feel it and recognize it and realize it so I can say, oh, God, that's what I hate, and boom reinvigorates me to keep continue the process again. And that's fine, whatever your methodology is to go forward. But remember, where growth stop, uh, stops, 
decay by definition sets in because there's the only opposite thing to growth is decay. It's not going to stay the same. It's not going to remain, you know, your house. If you don't keep it going up, upkeep with it, it's going to deteriorate. So again, all things, they may, they may look like they're stagnant for some time, but the decay process starts. So you need to keep up with everything, okay? It's a very important principle. It's a principle I have to remind myself of often. And it's the same thing with your relationships. It's the same thing with your health. It's the same thing with every, every aspect. So, Richard, you get the prize, north, south, east, west, bearings, where you are located. That is exactly right. Know where you are so that then you can orient yourself into the direction you need to go. So when you're setting a goal, the first thing is to know, where am I at right now? Okay. If your goal is to become a marathon runner, but you've never learned how to walk, you know, it's important for you to know, okay, what is my level of running right now? Ah, I don't run at all, so I need to learn how to run, but before I can run, I need to walk. It would be important versus somebody who already runs five miles or six miles a day and says, well, you know, I want to get to 26.4 miles. Okay, what do I need to do? And then you get, it's a different starting point, right? That's, what, that's why it's so important to know your bearings right now. It's important to know where you are at what point you at what point you're starting. Right, let me just look at some of the comments and okay. Uh, any thoughts about Lyme disease? Okay, well, I'll, I'll answer that towards the end when I get into some of the questions. That I have certain questions that uh, we're going to answer, so we'll we'll answer those in a minute. Yeah, so Heather says, know how to achieve your goal and know your strategy. And that's important, too. You need to know what your goal is. You need to, achieve, you need to have a, a template. All these things are important, right? That's like having a plan. That's like organizing and, and having uh, something where there's, there's uh, steps that you've got to take, a strategy, a plan. That, that's all good. But unless you know where you are when you start, you will never hit it because you could be overreaching your mark. You could be underreaching it. You might be heading in the right direction, but you're already beyond that point, right? If you're heading north, as I give, give that example, if your bearings are north by west, and that's where you know that your target is from where you uh, supposedly land. But if you land north of your target, northwest of your target, you're already beyond it. You will never hit it. Or you, you know, you're, you're far north of it or far west of it. You'll never hit your target if you go that northwest bearing because you're already beyond it. So you need to first know where am I and realize, oh, wait a second, I'm way, I'm northwest off my target. That means I need to head southeast to be able to hit my target. Even though my plan, my strategy, as, as uh, Heather pointed out, my, my, my plan and my strategy was to head northwest to hit my, my target. But wait a second, I'm already northwest off my target. So now I have to, have to head the opposite direction, southeast. I need to adjust your target. You need to adjust your strategy, your plan, so that you can accomplish your goal. Okay? So that's the most important part. And we, we'll talk more about these types of things. This is some of the stuff that we talk about at the retreat. We are probably going to have a retreat in October. So if any of you, if you guys are interested in this, October will be the time. Um, I, I will be setting out the dates. Uh, it'll be a week in a five-star resort in Mexico, and uh, we'll have the best of everything, the best food, the best uh, rooms, the best what everything. And every morning from about, I'm not going to tell you what time we're going to start. Um, let's just say the lectures will start around 8, and they'll end at around 11.30, 12, about three and a half to four hours. And uh, then the rest of the day is yours. Bring your families. Um, it's going to be great, okay? We've done three of those before, uh, two or three of those before, three of those before. And uh, actually, Advanced Medicine Retreat, I think, is a website where you, you'll see some of the uh, things that people said about it 
in, in the past. But anyway, um, we haven't done one in a couple of years. It's high time we did one, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, I'll, I'll give you guys more details about that. But these are some of the things that are so important for us to understand, and this comes back to the conflict resolution aspect. All right, let me go through some comments here. Oh, my goodness, Steve. Steve Camperuglu, a buddy of mine from my martial art competition days. Hey, Doc, looking good, my friend. Steve, it's it's amazing I'm seeing you here, man. Uh, let's connect after this, all right? Good, good seeing you, too. Uh, let's see. Amy says, my father's a Vietnam vet. He raised my sister and myself to observe, then react. Well, that's a very important thing because you're observing where you're located first before you move forward, right? Uh, Tiffany says, uh, to know you can rely on the person who has your back. Well, you know, that's interesting, too, because when you're speaking in an environment with bold communication, that's one of the things that you can't speak boldly unless you know that the other person isn't going to pass judgment, and you, unless you know that you're in a safe environment. And that's part of that, Tiffany. Knowing that the person has your back allows you to speak with bold communication, which then helps to alleviate the potential of conflict arising in the first place. Because both of parties are now aware that they can speak boldly. There's no judgment that's going to be passed. Because here's the part that we really, really screw up on as human beings. We pass a judgment. We say, ah, it's right or it's wrong. It's not a right or wrong thing, guys. It's not a right or wrong thing. Okay, i got to tell you a great, great story. And I've heard this story a couple times. I may have even talked about it before. But um, let, let, me, let me come back to the story. Let me just make sure that uh, there's no other comments in here before. But this story... It's about passing judgment, about right or wrong, okay? And in case I forget what the heck the story was, remind me it's about the farmer with the horse, okay? And I'll, and I'll know where to go. All right. Uh, Laura's is laughing out loud. I don't know whether Laura is laughing at me because of my uh, tendency to run off tangent. Okay. Never let the sun go down upon your wrath. Very good point, M.M. Um, and M.M., you're ready to read my new book. Yeah, I, I got I to, gotta, you know, writing a book, it's not as easy as reading it, but, um, you know, you got to make sure that I don't want to, I love trees, so I don't want to put out a book unless it's really, really good because I don't want to lose, you know, cost all these trees their lives, right? So um, I'm literally a tree hugger, so I want to make sure, and I'm a perfectionist, so I got to make sure the book's perfect before it comes out. So anyway, but it will be coming out, God willing, soon. Amy said that MM's promise to me is never to go to sleep angry at each other. That's a great promise. That's a great promise for spouses to have with each other, Okay. Uh, assess, yes, believe, believe, very good. Assessment, these are all good, these are all basics, right? Absolutely. Um, Christine said, I'm guilty, I think I'm healthy because I don't take any medications or have any health issue that's seven years old. Thank you for talking about this. Christina, you're absolutely welcome, but don't feel like you're guilty, okay? It's an awareness, you're growing, because as soon as I said it, your brain registered it, you recognize it, there's no reason to feel guilt, you just evolved, you just grew. That's part of the growth process, right? So if you're growing, you can't be deteriorating. And that's the whole point that I'm making. So just the fact that you were made aware of it and you understood, don't bring up these other emotions because this is what we do as humans. We create problems for ourselves. Now we brought on guilt. Don't be guilty. You just became aware. Now you know that you have no disease processes. Uh, you're healthy because you're not taking any medication. That's exactly one of my secrets is to get people off their medication. Now let's talk about achieving optimum health and wellness, right? That's what we're talking about. Okay, Amy says, uh, Doc, MM down 43 pounds. Okay, I'm down 18 pounds. So Amy and, and MM are husband and wife, and they've been reading the book, and they've been putting the principles of the Map to Get Ahead program to, to their, uh, into their lives. So MM is down 43 pounds, I guess, since probably March, April, May, June, so about three months. 
uh, and Amy's down 18 pounds. We're making a change for the better in our lives. I test for my fourth degree black belt in August. Wish me luck. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't tested for my third degree. I kind of, I qualified for it. I learned my form, but I haven't done my third degree one. And my master actually just sends me a message every now and then saying, you know, when, when are we going to get together? When are you going to do this? Of course, I got to get back in shape and learn my, my form again. But uh, sprints are good, Doc, but I like front kicks, back kicks, roundhouse, you know the deal. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously, we feel great and give each other pep talks to continue to continue healthy choices. Amy, that's awesome because, you know, a, a couple that works out together, that does these types of things together, that, that challenges each other and, and helps each other to grow, that's the ultimate in relationship, right? And um, it's, it's when you stop growing together is where things start to, again, same thing. If you're not growing together, you're growing apart, right? And um, so it's very, very good that you guys are doing this. And for the rest of us that are listening on Instagram, on Facebook, you know, take an example of what Amy and MM are doing. They're doing things together. And I commend you on that. It is something that I strive for myself, recognizing that my needs and what I think that I need is different from whoever my partner is in life. And, and becoming more aware and more cognizant to that. I'm not settling, okay? We don't settle for ourselves. We don't settle in what we do. We, we go all the way. And sometimes, you know, one of the problems that we are in and the reason we don't we end up growing apart is because we ended up settling for, for our partner or whatever. And I'm not promoting anybody to, to grow apart like that, but I'm just saying that when you live in bold communication and you strive forward, and you know, sometimes it's the greatest blessing um, for both people, if they are not well suited to to grow apart, so that they can continue to grow, but they're growing apart. They're growing, but they're apart from each other, but they're still growing. And so again, there's no judgment call here, right? Um, we end up passing this judgment of right versus wrong. And when we realize that there's no reason to pass a judgment, and this is a big problem that I've had in all my life, I've always passed a judgment. So we talk about that in the conflict uh, book as well. So anyway, I'm really, really excited about this aspect. I didn't expect to go down this avenue, but I wanted to kind of tell you guys about the personality aspect because that's part and parcel of what's going to be covered in the book. And we're going to do this workshop because I, part of the thing with the workshop is I want to get people uh, a, uh, a tool from the get-go, but I also need to get some input so I can now put the fine uh, tunings in the book because this is the part that I don't have enough data on right now. And anyway, so probably in the next three or four weeks, we'll talk about um, the, the webinar. I'll probably announce it here shortly. And um, tell your family and friends about it. Everybody that comes to the webinar will get a uh, free access. You'll get a link to actually take your personality test and know which, which category you fall into. Um, it's something that is uh, – it's been used by a lot of different people and, and companies. We've got our own version of it, which is going to be the next level of the workshop. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get the tools out to everybody so you can look at this. And then for people that take the workshop, there'll be a very detailed, um, I think it's like 41-page report for each one of you. And then you get a workshop, uh, I'm sorry, you get a workbook and um, these cards that we'll ship out to you before the workshop. Um, it's probably going to be about six hours. So we'll probably end up doing it over three weekends, two hours per weekend. Uh, for three weekends, that'll be the workshop. And uh, so I'll announce more details as we get along to it. But that's everything that I just talked about was to come to that point. That it's so important for us to know where we are. So we need to know who we are. We need to know where we are first. And then we start looking at our 
spouse and our partners, you know, business partners and our and our um, partners in our hobbies and, and our work associates and some of these other components so we can kind of understand their personalities because then each one of the individual personalities, how they interact with the other personalities, there's certain insights that you'll get and there's certain exercises we'll go through and then there's certain uh, experiences and aha moments that you'll have which then I need to gather and put together so you may end up being uh, included in the book, just like in, in the Nine Step book, if you guys read it, every one of those stories I talked about in the book, every one of those stories, it's, it's true. Every one of those was a real patient or a real experience that I had, like the story of Dan, uh, every one of those stories, every single one. I won't say your last name, obviously, for privacy, but um, you know, as long as you're okay with your first name. And I think, in fact, in the Nine Step book, everyone's first name is a, is a real first name. I didn't change anybody's first name. I don't think anybody had an issue with it, because I told people that I was going to include their stories. Um, the story of Morgan uh, with the little girl that had the juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. That little girl is, what, 28 now? I think 28. My daughter's 26, so she's two years older, 28 now. Um, ended up playing college sports, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so it, it's, it's, you know, it's the workshop. Um, obviously, there's going to be a cost to it and such, but the workshop, because I need to collect more data to refine and fine-tune the personality aspects so that we know where we are for this conflict book. And for other aspects too, and it's actually going to be the the preliminary step for the next component of the uh, emotional head map that'll actually have tools for us to not only recognize our personality but to embrace our personality. Uh, again, subliminal things that we're creating that you display at night with music, and then it helps you to no longer have these issues, these where we beat ourselves up to accept and embrace yourself. And then to also give you pointers on how to deal with the other personality types, which will be generic components of each of the track that we'll put together. Anyway, that's what the plan is. That's what the long-term plan is. Uh, not such long-term. I mean, I plan on having this implemented before Christmas this year. So um, anyway, uh, let me just go through and answer this question. I don't even know what time it is. It's uh, probably we've been on for oh, almost an hour. So time to go on for the IADFW component. And for guys, if you are not members of the IADFW, International Association for a Disease-Free World. Go to advancedmedicine.com. You need an invitation code to join. If you're on Facebook, ask one of the moderators. Ask anybody. They'll help you uh, by giving you their own personal invitation code. If you're on Instagram, if you know anybody that's already a member of the IEDFW, ask them. If you don't, just simply send me a message um, or just put me, you know, type something here if you want the invitation code, and I'll be happy. Actually, Heather James, Heather.James1111, uh, who said no to achieve your goals. Um, the only reason, Heather, I'm calling you out right now is because you're number 1111. So if you guys want to join Advanced Medicine and you need an invitation code, you can use the number 11. That's my personal invitation code. So you can use that. Uh, if the number 11 means something to you, then we'll talk about that on the IEDFW2. But once you're in Advanced Medicine, you have a lot of resources, a lot of videos, a lot of webinars, a lot of things that you can go through. You have access to the head map, the Advanced Health Evaluation Assessment for Detoxification Medical Assessment Program. There's all sorts of tools and everything else. You have access to vanvcd.org, everything. That's all free. But if you want to get to the next level to be able to participate with some of the other things that we do with the IEDFW webinars, with the uh, live streams in IEDFW, with the videos that are only for the members, for uh, you know at, um, the Map to Get Ahead program and, and all the other subsequent things, uh, then you need to become a member of the IEDFW. Simply look on the left-hand side. They'll say join IEDFW. If you're not sure if you are a member or not, look on the upper right-hand corner of your dashboard underneath your name in yellow. If you're not a lifetime member, it'll say uh, not a member. 
and it's $99 a year to join the IEDFW. But right now, if you join the IEDFW for a limited time, um, for the first year, it's $99, but you in, you will get, with that, a lifetime membership for the IEDFW, so you never have to pay another membership fee. Plus, you get the Map to Get Ahead program, which has a value of $2,465, which you get a copy of my international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away, in addition to the PDF copy, you get a subliminal program, The Nine Steps, um, you get... Um, the lifetime membership, obviously, the IEDW, as I, remembered, as I mentioned, and when the advance when the head map goes to um, a paid version, which it will be soon, um, my goal is 30,000 people. We are over 20,000 people. You'll still have, you'll be grandfathered in, you'll have lifetime access to it, etc., uh, etc. Et so the head map, there'll be some videos released shortly about the head map that will tell you more about it, but you can go online and have access to it right now. And it was valued, each time you take the head map, it was valued at $300 by an actuarial analyst for a third-party insurance company. And they said the value of the head map, by the information it gives you, is worth $300. So this is a company that decides what tests should be charged, at what cost, you know, all diagnostics, treatments, et cetera, et cetera. And they evaluated it at $299 is what they came up with. So I just rounded it up to $300. So if you take the head map just once every other month, you can take it as often as you want, but if you take it once every other month, over a 20-year period, it's worth almost $40,000, this value. So anyway, just join for $99. There's a whole webinar. I'll explain it. If you guys want more details, you can go on, on um, advancedmedicine.com and join. But uh, you, know, you can use my – if you don't – use one of the invitation codes of one of the people on here. If you don't have any, if you don't know anybody or if you're on Instagram, you don't have anybody um, that you can get the invitation code from, feel free to uh, use mine. All right. Let's see. Comments. So guys, I'm sorry if there's, if there's a lot of – Hands being waved, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm just not going to address each one of those individually right now. Uh, okay, this is, what is the name of your new book? Heather, it's, uh, I have not put the name out yet, but it's probably going to be called The Conflict Key or The, the Key to Conflict. Um, it, might, it might be actually the Conflict Resolution. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to call it yet. It just all depends, but it's, it's going to be... Um, really oriented towards conflict and cancer. But it's going to be applicable for every aspect of life because that's where cancer starts, right, in general aspects of life. How did you get the idea to write it? Just dealing with conflict and seeing how much conflict was um, existence, uh, how the existing conflict in cancer patients and how they were wrestling with it and then seeing how it affected so many other people with chronic disease. And then in my own life, the conflicts that were arising. And I realized people needed a way to be able to... Uh, help to resolve it. And then I was still married with, to my second wife at this point. We've been together for 18 years. And I actually started to apply some of those principles. And, and um, you know, she smiled at me. She was kind of happy, but I didn't realize she was already checked out. But, you know, it did help us to identify some of the, some of the, the components to that conflict. And, um, again, that's where that growth aspect comes in. If you're not growing together, you're going to grow apart, right? And it's all about growth. And it's all a good thing, okay? Uh, even though it may be painful, um, you're still growing because even when you come to that recognition that you can't be together anymore or it's not best for either one of you or both of you um, to be together anymore, you're still growing. It's a growth aspect. You just pass judgments to it. And sometimes people get attached to it. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll evolve to the point that we get beyond that, the, the pain, the hurt, that goes away. But anyway, the, that, that was, that, those are the motivations behind my writing the book. Um, hi, Dr. Char. Can, how can we visit you to see our son for consultation? Uh, just simply contact the office, the main, the main office. Um, you know, we, we're doing, 
they're taking deployments right now. Um, so I don't think I have anything open until September or October uh, in my own personal schedule, but um, you can contact the office. All right. All right, let's go back to the Facebook. Tiffany said videos have been freezing. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. Uh, Tiffany says videos have been freezing. Not sure if this is just my issue. I haven't had anything happening in my end, Tiffany. Uh, Richard said your relationship to your target. Yes, that's a good way of looking at it. To know where you are, your relationship to your target. I like that, Richard. In fact, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to write that down. Relationship to your target. Yeah, I like that. Relationship to target. Very good. Richard, I'm stealing that. Uh, Uma said, stay on the ground. Yeah. I was laughing at what you said about telling your two ex-wives. Uh, oh, about telling your two ex-wives? I'm not sure what that means. Ellen, your two ex-wives, yeah. Um, by the way, it's funny because both my ex-wives and their first name is Debbie, and they both wanted to keep their last name Butar. So there's two Debbie Butars running around. Uh, you're most welcome, Christina. MM said, Doc, I'm only a first-degree black belt, but Amy hurts me. Help. Hey, MM, that's one thing, you know. Getting beaten up by your significant other, that's not a bad thing, right? Um, I used to, uh, I know that when I used to travel sometimes, um, I was a volunteer with the North Carolina Highway Patrol for some time. As a, I was actually a police sergeant. I, I helped them with some of their, some of their uh, people, and then um, they asked me to become a, a uh, police surgeon. So I was a police surgeon with the North Carolina Highway Patrol for a couple of years, so... I carry my badge. In fact, it's uh, right here still, somewhere. Here it is. I'll hold it up. Police surgeon. Um, there's my police surgeon badge. I don't know if you can see it. Anyway, so um, this happened to be in my bag there. And uh, I don't do anything with them now. It happened for some time. But uh, often when I would go through the security at the airport, they, they would see in the scanner in my computer bag where that ID was, they'd ask me if I was carrying any weapons. And my answer was always, um, nope, just just what I'm just what I'm traveling just you know I'm traveling with that point to my uh, to my ex. That was my only weapon. So it's nice to have a weapon that's you know fourth degree and you're only a first degree. So at least you'll feel safe MM if you're ever in a conflict situation. Um, Yeah, and he said, "Don't let him fool your entire family." He got us into martial arts. Absolutely, I, I know. I know how that is. Uh, my son actually got us all into it. I got my son into it, and then I had all these excuses why I didn't do it. And uh, so, Abi actually has a silver medal at the Worlds. I came in fourth in my age group uh, when I competed at the Worlds. Um, both my son and I qualified two years in a row, and then we stopped competing. This is a lot of time and a lot of money flying around all over the world, um, but. Uh, yeah, he, he actually ended up getting beaten by the guy that from Chile. And uh, we're not sure if the guy was the right age because it seemed like I mean, he had a mustache and Abby was uh, 14. It was in, I think the age group went up to 15. And we're pretty sure the guy was about 18 or 19, but um, he was very good. 
uh, and he's the only guy that beat Avi. Avi pretty much, you know, held his own against him. But um, anyway, it's it's really cool that you guys are doing martial arts together. Very cool. And Steve Camparugo, my friend uh, that I mentioned earlier on, he actually was uh, he and I have competed together. I think Steve's a fourth degree, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Uh, thank you, Richard, for giving out your invitation code. MM said IADFW, just do it now. Except that you said IDAFW, MM. You got it wrong. It's IADFW. <laughs> uh, I'll, let you, I'll let that slide. All right. Uh, please make sure to answer the questions and give us your personal invitation code. There are 11 people pending because they did not provide the invitation. But thank you, Andrea, for that. I appreciate you pointing that out. So, guys, unless you have joined at the uh, joined the IADFW, um, because we, they have to confirm that you are a, a uh, member of the IADFW. So you can't just go there and ask to join because it's a private group only. It's only for the people that have actually gone to the IADFW. And I don't know why the advanced medicine is asking for people to be approved. So I think you guys can join the advanced medicine uh, platform, Facebook page, because there's nothing to qualify. But I thought we had made it so that nobody has to, you can just join without any approval. But um, we'll see if that's a setting that we can change. All right. Um, Luis says, thanks for setting that, Andrea. Andrea, thank you so much. Andrea is one of our awesome moderators. Kim said, I refer people who, thank you, Kim. I appreciate that. If you put out a template on your website so we could print cards, we could print some and pass them out. Um, well, Kim, I appreciate that. What we'll, what we want to do is it's actually not, it's actually about becoming empowered and it's the IADFW. We are going to set up something for the referral for the IADFW so you guys can be logged into your dashboard and then just click on something and put in some emails and it'll send out an invitation for people to join the IADFW. Um, I am in the process of actually trying to create something like that right now. But um, that's okay, ma'am. Don't worry about it. But yeah, we, we will create some of those processes in the very, very near future. We're in the process of doing that right now. Um, thank you for that, though, Kelly. Uh, I'm sorry, Kim. Thank you for, for that. All right, guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and sign off, and uh, we'll just address the questions next week that uh, we had. And uh, I want to take about a five-minute break, get something to drink, and then I'll be back on for the IADFW live stream. And uh, we'll go through a couple of components. Um, the farmer, Amy, I knew, I knew, Amy, you were going to say that you're going to bring up the farmer thing. So, let, okay, I'll go ahead and tell the story about the farmer because I was – I thought that maybe nobody would remember it. I was testing, but of course, Amy's right on it. So here's a story about the farmer. And this is, this is illustrating and bringing everything we just talked about home. So there's this farmer, and he has this beautiful prized horse. And um, the prized horse is a source of envy for all the other people in the, in the area. So the farmer's neighbor comes over and sees the farmer's horse and just tells him how fantastic of a horse that is. And uh, if he ever decides to sell the horse, to let him know because he'd be interested in buying it. Well, the next day, the farmer's horse, this prized horse, runs away. And the neighbor comes back to the farmer and says, oh, I'm so, so sorry to hear you lost your horse and he ran away. That must be terrible. And the farmer says, maybe so, maybe not. So the neighbor thinks, that's kind of strange to say this. He just lost his prized horse. And he thinks, you know, maybe it's a bad thing and maybe it's not. The man thinks, obviously, it's a you know, catastrophic event. He just lost his prized horse. It was worth so much. But then a few days later, the prized horse comes back, but now he's leading 11 other wild horses that are as good as he is. They're beautiful, gorgeous horses. And the horse, his prized horse leads his horses back. 
And so now the neighbor comes up and he goes, oh, my God, how amazing, how amazing that your prized horse went out and found 11 other horses and brought them back. And now they're all, they're all yours because they were all wild horses. It's amazing. No, the farmer says, maybe so, maybe not. A couple of days later, the farmer's son is breaking in one of these wild horses and falls from the horse and breaks his leg. And the neighbor comes back and says, oh, my God, that must be devastating that your son you know, broke his leg and, and it, it must be so bad. And the farmer says, maybe so. Or maybe not. And then the doctor that comes to see the, the farmer's son because his leg's broken, he's out in the remote area. She's a new doctor in the community, and she meets the farmer's son, and they fall in love, and then they plan on getting married. So the story goes on and on. So maybe so, maybe not. The farmer's attitude, you never know whether what's happening that you think is great or you think is terrible. You really don't know. There's, there's, don't pass a judgment on it that's a good thing or it's a bad thing. It's a thing. It's an experience. Whatever it is, it's happening for a purpose. Understand whatever that purpose is. And if you can't understand, hey, no big deal. Many times we won't understand it. Try to see what the lesson is. But if you can't, it's okay. Embrace it and then move on. Okay? There's a great book that's called Whatever Happens, Love That. A patient of mine that had cancer gave it to me. But even with cancer, when you deal with cancer, you don't know why you got cancer. But it's an opportunity. How can you say it's an opportunity? It's an opportunity for growth. Because to me, cancer is nothing more than a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. It's God kicking you in the pants, telling you, get busy living because you're not living. You're only existing. And what is existence? It's just existing, right? It's a slow deterioration, decay towards death. And that's what cancer is. It's an accelerated version of that slow decay. So if you're existing, that's when cancer sets in, I believe, because you're just existing. You're not living. You're too busy in your mind, anguishing about the person that needs to forgive you and the guilt that you have and the anger and the frustration and you're going through and plotting through life. You're not living. You're just existing. So then you get cancer because it's, a, it's, a, it's God's warning. Get busy living because if you're not going to be living, then you're just going to be existing, and that's a slow decay to death, and, hey, I'm just going to accelerate it. That's my personal definition of cancer. And there's certain things we can do to help awaken that and turn off the tumor and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? If I can't deal with that emotional, psychological aspect effectively, I'm not going to be successful in helping that person be alive. So that's my message, guys. There's a couple more comments here. Don't forget the farm story, Amy, okay? I got that covered. Um, uh, the farmer horse, Susan said. That's a good story of equanimity and equine amenity. Yes, Chris, it is. Very good. Find the value in all things. Absolutely, Richard, that's it. Great story. Thanks, Amy. Um, it's not my story. Somebody told me that story. I don't even remember. Maybe I read it somewhere. Uh, but uh, anyway, I kind of, after the son breaking his leg after that i kind of just made it up because i don't remember exactly how it goes but the point is good things happen bad things happen and the farmer says hey it's not about good and it's not about bad i don't know maybe so maybe not it's not about good or bad it's that things happen and we need to learn from them because it's part and parcel of our journey that we learn from these experiences all right guys have a wonderful rest of the evening i will see you next monday around 8 p.m eastern time all right good night and for the IEDFW members, I'll be on in five minutes. Thank you for tuning in with us today. For more information and links on other valuable resources, please visit advancedmedicine.com and medicalrewind.com. Also be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The How Report. And join Dr. Rasha Patar for his Facebook Live broadcast every Monday evening and for hundreds of hours of Advanced Medicine podcasts, which are broadcast on iTunes, Stitcher, 
and are available in the podcast section of MedicalRewind.com. You can find Dr. Buttar on Facebook by searching for Dr. Rashid A. Buttar and on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram by using Dr. Buttar. Don't forget to head over to AdvancedMedicine.com and register for your free account gain access to the HeadMap assessment and many other free resources available at advancedmedicine.com. Use Dr. Batar's invitation code 11 and join today. Thank you for your support and for being a part of making the change the world is waiting for.